guys, welcome to this episode of Angaza Awards. On this segment, we'll sit down with Sharon Kilanjui, a regional director in Europe, Middle East and Africa at World Remit Limited, who is an award-winning leader as she tells us more about herself and her career in tech. So Sharon, welcome very much to the podcast and congratulations on your Angaza Awards recognition. Thank you so much, Leah. It's, it's a really exciting time. Okay, so we'd like to go straight into your career. So can you tell us about yourself, your studies, and how you've landed to be a regional leader? Okay, fantastic. Um, yeah, thank you. So my my journey, um, I studied law as an undergrad and actually went on to become an advocate of the High Court of Kenya where I practiced. Uh, I always felt I had a creative spirit and I wanted to explore it. So after about one and a half years of being a lawyer, I decided to pivot and actually go into, into advertising. Um, so I worked with uh, Sachi and Sachi. And um, for me, it just spoke to my spirit about, uh, and it made me learn a lot about about branding and marketing, all things that I believe have come to play a role in where I found myself um, in the fintech space. Um, You know, um, then I went uh, to do my MBA um, in the UK. And it's after my MBA, which was about um, 18 months later, I found my passion um, in, in the payments industry, working with Western Union. So I used to look after Western Union's business um, from the UK, then my remit got expanded to Ireland and the Nordics. So it was one of the larger regions for Western Union. Uh, as you know, Western Union does remittances um, and they're one of the largest um, companies that actually does re- remittances. Um, so I, I spent over a decade um, in the UK, maybe I'm telling my age, but I spent a decade in the UK um, you know, uh, essentially focused on the financial services space. Um, And I think that's kind of what uh, made me realize that I really enjoy this space. So Western Union uh, kind of piqued my curiosity about financial services. And and then I was keen to kind of dive into into the fintech space. And that's what I've done at World Remit because World Remit is a digital first fintech company. So it does the same um, or similar to, to Western Union in the sense that they, they, we do cross-border remittances. Um, however, everything is um, online and app-led. Um, so it's a very different model. Um, yeah, and so it, it's been a very interesting journey. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's been linear by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm a big believer that the skills you learn um, across the way come to play a role in, in, in the space that you're going to occupy. So I'm a very, very big believer in that. That's very inspiring, especially the change in career. Many people are shy to go from something else, especially. A hundred percent. And I think people shouldn't be shy at all, right? Because ultimately, like I said, I believe that any skill you learn, you learn when you're at a role, right? Nobody was born with skills. Nobody was born coding or born uh, to be a medical doctor. You know, these are all skills that you learn at different points of your life. So I always believe that skills are transferable. Um, you know, um, something that I look at something like my my time at uh, in the law firm, I think it gave me a strong appreciation for contracts, um, which has come to play in my current role in terms of uh, my work at World Remit, because what I look at is looking 
at commercial contracts, right? Um, one, one proponent is, you know, my, the commercial negotiations and the contracts. I wouldn't have the confidence um, if I didn't have, have that level of skill that had come from my law days. So I, I believe that you, there's something you can always pick up from, from every part and, and don't be afraid to pivot. Yeah, that's very inspiring. So when you're talking about World Remit, you mentioned that you focus on cross-border remittances, right? Yes. So will you tell us more about the global remittances? What is all that about? Sure. Um, to put it simply, cross-border uh, payments um, are simply someone sending from one country to the next um, effectively to make a payment, yeah? So maybe to just give a bit of context, you know, Kenya has a very strong gig economy. You know, the ICT ministry a couple of years back had given an estimation that it was about, we had about 400,000 gig workers um, in Kenya. And, and this I'm sure has even grown exponentially uh, and will grow even more exponentially as, you know, as Kenya becomes an innovation hub for all these large scale companies like Visa, Google, um, et cetera. Um, so for all these gig workers, effect, effectively, when someone wants to get paid, uh, someone wants somebody in Kenya to do either do maybe some tech work and they are based in the UK, they need to be able to pay them. In. Uh, and effectively, that's what cross-border payments do. Um, it's a platform allowing one person to literally cross the border and, um, and make a payment to someone else. Okay. In Africa, we were supposed to have a common currency by 2022, but that has not been seen happening. However, we can see in some countries like in West Africa and Central Africa, they've already developed two common currencies there. So what is the gap that is missing in the other parts of Africa? And do you think this is something that we are going to adopt as a continent? Um, yeah, I think I think yes is a simple answer, um, but it will take us time, right? Um, I think at the point that this was um, a vision, it's maybe 2022 looked like it was a very long time um, to come, uh, but we're already here, right? Um, I think, you know, uh, I, I agree. I think for West Africa, you know, with um, the, the zones that they've basically created amongst, um, you know, the Central African countries and the West African countries, two different blocks, you know, they have been able to, to practice and, you know, have a, a currency that's also pegged to the euro, um, you know, in terms of Zof and Zaf. Um, so I, I think it will probably likely um, start to will likely start to work towards that over time. Um, it will take time, um, but I think we're going in the right direction. If you think about it, one of the areas that enables, um, you know, uh, is to also uh, come together is effectively also having a, 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 a pan-African payment system. And I think that's starting to happen. I mean, we saw recently a convergence of payment systems like uh, PAPS, uh, which is almost, I would say, almost like a SWIFT-based system for, for African markets um, to enable pan-African flows. And I think the more that that happens and there's more of a convergence of platforms and systems and um, then, you know, currency becomes more agnostic um, and it's, it's, it's less relevant about, you know, what currency you pay me. Um, but also I think, you know, technology is allowing people to still send cross-border payments without 
worrying too much about the currency because we've made it so easy for um, conversion um, into local currency when when the when when the uh, money is sent across. So, if, for instance, if I'm in Kenya and I wanted to send money to you in Uganda, um, you know, now we've made it very seamless. There are so many different um, providers, both bank providers, mobile money providers. Um, you know, companies like ourselves in terms of uh, international money transfer companies who are able to, to make that uh, jump across uh, and, and make payments available. So I think, I think, um, yeah, I think, I think there'll be a lot more conversions in the years to come and, and hopefully that will lead to, you know, more, um, a more singular currency. Yeah, we, we really hope to get a common currency in Africa. That would be something so great for all of us. And there have been certain regulatory trends that are coming up either against or towards cross-border payments where you see some countries are even adopting Bitcoin as a mode of mm-hmm. payment in them. So which trends would you say that you're seeing that are giving you a challenge in the development of the cross-border payments across the different countries in Africa? would say rather than a challenge I think what is happening is um, um, that regulatory bodies are now starting to lean more and collaborate more with the industry so they're leaning more into understanding the industry understanding on the ground and they're like Likewise, they're adapting a lot of their regulations to try and create an atmosphere that will be more conducive to allow for cross-border payments. So if I think about, you know, Kenya recently announced the national payments um, strategy. So, you know, I think a lot of that will help facilitate, um, you know, more uh, innovative uh, payments going forward, especially in the cross-border space over the next five years as, as it continues to be implemented and even more, right? Um, and then we've seen like even in other jurisdictions, if I look at some places like uh, Nigeria, for instance, you know, um, the government there has been the first government on, on the continent, the African continent, to um, to adopt uh, a digital currency, right, in terms of e-Naira. And I think that's really innovative. If you think about um, you know, Nigeria being the most populous market in, in Africa and their high adoption of um, blockchain technology and Bitcoin overall. Um, it's interesting that, you know, that the you know, central bank has also chosen to jump into the same ring um, because it is a recognition that actually um, digital currency is important to the population and therefore they have really accelerated their participation in that. So, so I think I think um, overall regulators are paying closer attention to what is happening, um, you know, in the payment space, um, and they're trying to adapt because quite often, you know, um, regulation often follows after um, the innovation has already been done, right? Um, that was the case, for instance, in Mpesa in Kenya, uh, but now I think that regulators are, are are starting to to really try and match toe for toe. Um, or at least not fall too far behind in terms of what what is happening in the market. Yeah, you did. You described Africa as an innovation hub, and as you said, that very many technological innovations that are coming up that are shaping the cross-border payments across the globe. Which technological trends have you been seeing that are helping us to get to the goal where we are looking forward to being as Africa? Sure. I think um, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about blockchain. Um, 
So blockchain is obviously dif uh, different from, um, you know, Bitcoin, um, but blockchain, the actual technology is actually very, very interesting for a number of players across, uh, uh, across the ecosystem, right? Yeah. Um, because in reality, it actually allows um, for real-time payments. And a lot of these um, blockchain organizations who are coming into the continent uh, are making it so that there's no um, intermediary correspondent banks. So in an industry like um, international money transfer, there's quite often an intermediary or a set of intermediary banks um, who basically settle the currency for uh, organizations like us uh, in the middle. So they, 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 they take the hard currency and then they convert it into local currency and pay it out um, to some of our partners, right? Um, but what we're finding is with blockchain technology, um, these are almost becoming like one-stop shop um, you know, where they're able to um, peg the currency to a fiat currency. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's pegged to something like the, the USD. Um, there are all manner of platforms and, and, and payouts, including stablecoin. So they're, they're, they're becoming less, less risk, um, risky platforms, which allows for a number of companies to be able to utilize them to facilitate payments because payments is, is not only just limited, obviously, to the remittance space. You know, you have payments in um, retailers, you have payments in manufacturers, you have payments in agritech, anywhere that you, you need, one party needs to pay the other, um, real-time payment is important, right? Um, so I think blockchain, I think, will be a large facilitator across the continent, enabling a lot of different technologies to happen. Um, I mean, Africa is already leading the way in terms of uh, mobile money. That I think I, I saw a recent report which talked about, you know, 70% of the world's uh, mobile money wallets usage, I think, is happening within, within the continent. So from that perspective, I think we're already far ahead, but I think blockchain will take it to the next level. Right. But as much as we're talking about blockchain, we cannot fail to mention the fact that there are very many crypto scams that have been upcoming. What measures are being taken to ensure that all these people don't spoil the, the overall goal of, you see, even the, block, the blockchain technology is also in a way, it's not the crypto, all of it, but it's also linked to it. So when there are a lot of bad news coming up with the scams, there's also a way that it's affected and some people won't believe in it. So what measures are being taken to ensure that these people don't succeed? Cybersecurity, I think, is a, is a, is a simple piece, right? Um, I mean, cybersecurity has been there in the payment space for a long period of time, but it's a lot more of a mature industry. So the way that the payments do, like World Remit, it's highly encrypted, a lot of cybersecurity. We do a lot of... Um, KYC checks on you, so, you know, we have probably checked on you, you know, 700 data points even before you start remitting with us, right? Um, so, you know, and I think that level of um, depth that we have in the payments uh, space will have to translate towards um, towards blockchain um, and the whole crypto space because it's it's still a new space. So I think I think there's a lot of room um, for a lot of uh, companies who are in the in the cybersecurity space to to play in this space as well um, because it's a, it's almost like a new a new payments platform. Um, and then I think also vigilance huh? um, in the same way that it's taken us, um, uh, uh, you know, as consumers, we've started to become a lot more vigilant. If somebody from committees writes to you and tells you to send money here, you, you're obviously 
obviously now a bit more aware than you were before. Um, so, you know, consumer, consumer education is going to be really key. And also the, the, the market also have to collaborate to be able to make sure that, um, you know, they're, they're helping to curb all these different incidences of fraud, um, be it education-based, uh, you know, telling you that, listen, don't share your details, this X, Y, Z, or um, blocking the users of any platforms that are basically abusing the platform. Um, you know, so the, I think there's still a lot of work to be done, uh, predominantly around education, uh, as well as the technology itself, tightening up the technology. I think those are the two areas that, um, that uh, you know, as a new technology, blockchain crypto will definitely, will definitely need to embed. All right. Yeah, let's take it on a lighter note a bit. I feel like we have been really serious. We've really gone deep into the details. <laughs> let's talk about why is it important for you that we highlight the Angaza Awards Achievements of Women? Ah, because women are doing incredible things in the fintech space. And we don't often shout about it. Um, and we should. Uh, quite frankly, I think women are often the ones who have got their heads down, uh, working relentlessly, you know, to to make achievements happen at the workplace. And we, we don't often quite take a moment to take a step back, take a breather and recognize and congratulate other women. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, especially in, in, in leadership. Um, it's very, very easy to act like it's uh, commonplace to find women in the helm of, of leadership. I'm in the tech space. I can tell you that, um, you know, we're not many. Uh -huh. We could be a lot, lot more. And in fact, that's what I'd love to be able to encourage with this podcast and many other platforms. And that's why I wanted to, um, you know, uh, participate with the Angaza Awards. And I'm, I'm really happy to shout about it is because hopefully it will encourage somebody who's sitting thinking about what, what could they do within the cross-border space? What could they do within the fintech space? May this encourage you to know that there's a lot of room for you to succeed, you know? Um, and unless other women can see women um, in these positions, they will not be able to know that they can actually, they can reach these positions. Uh? It's, not, it's not untenable, it's not unfathomable, um, it's not you know, a, a crazy step. Um, you know, I think it's important that you actually see women in these positions. And I think that inspires you then to realize that it's, it's, all, it's all feasible. Yeah, I'm very sure our listeners are really inspired. Really inspired seeing you in the regional space and thinking about all that women can do. You know, so as you've said that there are not many women in the technology space, and it would really be nice to see more women there. So, what which challenges have you been facing, like you as a woman in the space that is really male dominated? Which challenges have you been facing? Oh, the challenges are a myriad, right? the challenges are from, especially when you're climbing up the ladder, you know, trying to, uh, you know, make a mark, um, you know, many a time they are, especially in the higher uh, spheres, they are definitely boys clubs. Um, so, you know, making sure that your presence is felt, um, especially in the, in the higher upper echelons, I think is really, really important. Um, for myself, uh, personally, it's, you know, it's, it's been a great experience. I've been very fortunate that World Remit is a very inclusive environment and that people recognize that I am the expert. And, and that's what I want to kind of just 
encourage women to um, to remember. Yes, there are challenges, but remember that there's a reason why you are in this space to begin with, right? Um, you are good at your job, for sure. You know, you have the courage to succeed. You have the skills to succeed. You're the expert in the room. So me, when I know when I enter into the room, I am the expert in terms of remittances and, and cross-border payments in Africa, um, especially within my organization. So, um, you know, I take the helm, I embrace it. Um, and I recognize that that is what I'm being asked to do. And I think that's what women should focus on is, um, yes, there are challenges, but there's so many opportunities actually to, um, yeah, to, 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 to be the leader, to, to shine. So I think what we need to do is just embrace and, um, and be courageous. I think that's the one word I'd like to use, just be courageous. You know, there's, there's a reason why you're there. That's very good. <laughs> that's great. So what's to finalize our conversation today, what would you tell everyone, like, what does it take to succeed in the fintech space, both men and women involved? What should every fintech entrepreneur know? Yeah, I think I think there are a couple of key points. One, I think the first point I'd like um, anybody who's considering the fintech space um, to know is that there's room for everybody. Um, you know, I think quite often there's a misconception that basically fintech is for people who can only code um, and you have to have that level of brilliance. And I admire the people who have that brilliance. Huh? I think the tech-based people and, and product guys are, are essential to the ecosystem for sure. Uh, but, you know, in a fintech, you also need a person in HR. You also need an administrative assistant. You also need somebody who's in finance. So, just to not view it as um, as an area that only people who are tech based can succeed. Trust me, everybody can succeed. You know, I'm a commercial leader at my heart. I just happen to have a passion for fintech and a bigger passion for Africa. So, but anybody can succeed in this particular industry, and that's what I'd like to encourage anybody who's in the fintech space um, to or looking to enter the fintech space to consider. Then, secondly, I would say that you know it's always good to just um, lean in um, and, and be as close as possible and, uh, uh, in, you know, for you to be able to succeed in the fintech, uh, to be a fintech entrepreneur. There's so much happening. Um, make uh, LinkedIn your primary social media, I think, would even be a, a simple starting point, right? If you spent as much time maybe on LinkedIn as you spent on maybe other social media, you would see the amazing things um, that people are actually doing across the world, right? So you can reach out and understand what are people doing in Asia. There are a lot of similarities between Asia and Africa um, in terms of trying to solve the financial inclusion space. What are people doing in that particular space? Are there ideas that we can borrow? Um, you know, quite often some of these ideas are not necessarily new. Um, we're leading the space because we have um, stronger uh, mobile payments systems, but but there's still people doing great things in other parts of the world. So I would say I would encourage um, fintech entrepreneurs uh, to also just or wanna be fintech entrepreneurs to 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 literally spend a lot of time go go there are a lot of forums that are currently happening um, both online which is also really great because it means you can also listen to forums that are happening in Latin America if you choose to right um, so you know um, there's a lot of information out there um, available to encourage people who want to enter this space um, but yeah just just pay close attention and 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 tune in to the right 
um, channels. And I think I think you will build a passion as long as you have a passion um, for this for this industry. I think you can definitely succeed. Wow! <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah. That was such a good conversation, and thank you so much for your time. Congratulations once again on your award. And we hope to hear from you again and see you. You're joining us for more podcasts. Thank you so much, Leah. I've really enjoyed this conversation as well. Um, you know, if it can encourage at least one person to at least uh, know that they can succeed in the fintech space, and especially a woman to, to know that she su- can succeed in the fintech space, then yeah. then um, it gives me a, a very warm glow and um, it's it's all worth it. Um, yeah, and, and, and thank you so much um, for having me on this podcast. I really, really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you very much.